Welcome to this episode of the Million Dollar Mastermind. I'm Larry Wydell, and before we get started, if you want to know exactly how to win again and again, go to WydellOnWinning.com forward slash webinar now to watch something I've put together for you. Now let's get going into this episode of Million Dollar Mastermind. I am here with founder and CEO of BotKeeper, and that is Enrico Palmarino. Enrico is running an incredible operation in the bookkeeping for account business and uh, in fact, 300 full-time employees and the company is just founded in 2018. They are rolling and uh, congratulations on your success so early with your new business there, Enrico. Thank you, Larry. Very much appreciated. Yeah. And um, we, haven't quite only started uh, in 2018. We actually launched at the beginning of 2016, but it wasn't until the end of 2018 or 2019 that we rolled out the uh, uh, platform for accountants. That is uh, certainly only a couple of years out there. It's been an awesome journey. Tell me about that story now. You were in a couple of things. You've been a CEO of uh, ThinkLight, yes. which is a uh, lighting efficiency company. And then you moved up to... Uh, uh, co-owner, managing director of SmartBooks, uh, outsourced bookkeeping and accounting service. And now you, you, you've taken all of that and building something really, really uh, substantial now, it looks like. Yeah, it's been, um, uh, been an amazing uh, journey for sure. So I, uh, I come from a, a quant background. So I went to, to college at Babson and, uh, and ThinkLight was, uh, you know, call it the uh, founding of a solution for a problem in the lighting and accounting sector. So we built some software that automated how you do lighting analysis and design. The business took off. You know, we were doing eight and a half plus million in uh, ARR by the time I was a senior. So it was a crazy uh, college journey. Um, and then, uh, you know, had a, a great exit uh, that came out of that. Biggest headache was our accounting. And so I then, you know, kind of threw my hat into the accounting arena uh, joined SmartBooks, um, grew the, the firm, you know, quite a bit over the next uh, few years to, you know, 40 plus employees and a, a really uh, solid cloud accounting practice. And then, um, you know, ran into, I'd say, like some of the headaches and hurdles that faced the entire industry as a whole, which was uh, human capital, like the accountants uh, are in short supply, um, but in super high demand. So, Fewer and fewer people are going into accounting year over year. It's like down 20% consecutively year over year. The average age of an accountant is 55. 72% of accountants that leave an accounting job leave the industry altogether. Um, and the starting wages for an accountant just jumped 20% uh, at the beginning of this year. So you're seeing a lot of strain on the uh, accounting industry and accounting firms alike. Um, all the while, the demand is, is just growing exponentially. So even though the the supply is shrinking. The demand for financial services is expanding at the you know kind of same velocity that new business formations happening, and that's an exponential curve. Um, and so you take those two things together, and you have this major headache and problem. You have all these businesses wanting your services, but not the people to do it. And that's where the idea for Botkeeper came to be, which was let's build a platform for you to run and manage a bookkeeping practice on. Uh, be the first of its kind. So there, there wasn't any other uh, CAS client accounting services platform, aka uh, bookkeeping. 
um, out there uh, for you to build and scale a, a business on. And then two, if uh, if that platform did what it was supposed to, which was be a, a management solution, but also unify all these disparate apps out in the market and, and allow access in an automated fashion to the financial data of the businesses and allow you to relay back to them, you know, process accounting, you could take that data exchange or platform, marry in machine learning and AI and actually automate away a lot of the processing whereby which both of those to get there free up the human capital constraints because you're allowing a human to do way more than they could otherwise do the skilled critical thinking complex accounting but automate away a lot of the manual tedious you know kind of mundane basic bookkeeping yeah and what school was this what college i went to a uh, babson college in uh, massachusetts and uh how what were you studying that caused you to uh was it were you in an entrepreneurial business management type program? So Babson happens to be ranked number one in the world for entrepreneurship. Um, I happen to also be uh, in eTower, which was the top 21 entrepreneurs on campus. Uh, it's a it's an amazing uh, uh, community. It's kind of like a fraternity slash sorority because there's men and women. But um, you get uh, voted in. So you had to apply for membership. You get voted in based on your credentials, pedigree, and kind of like you as a person, whether they believe you're going to achieve what you set out to. But they also voted out every semester two individuals who were basically the weakest links. So it's kind of like survivor for being an entrepreneur. So I was doing that. And then I was also taking, a, I graduated with a triple concentration or triple major in a quantitative method, strategic management, and entrepreneurship. Wow. And how did, was this uh, growing up, was it likely or unlikely that you ended up on a career path like this? What did you have in mind for yourself growing up? So back as early as I think it was my first grade class, um, you're, you know, kind of asked by your professor to draw a photo of, you know, what you want to be when you get older. Uh, my mom, I think, still has it today. It's uh, I drew an image of like this individual wearing kind of like a you know, my best rendering stick figures, right? This person wearing like a suit and uh, carrying a briefcase, and I wrote on the top of the paper CEO. So I'd say I think I probably always thought and wanted to be a business owner. Um, and as early as a kid, you know, I was selling candy bars at sports games. I was vending hot dogs at a supermarket with like my own little hot dog stand. I was buying gumball machines and placing them in stores and bought a truck equipment and employed some friends to do uh, landscaping. So I think uh, I was just heading down the, the path, I think, since an early age. Well, I think you were not a business prodigy. You're like a young business psycho, it sounds like. Uh... <laughs> I, what can I say? Business is my, you know, some people have like a, you know, a sport of choice. I feel like business is mine. Well, for your... I'm trying. I was trying to think when, what, at what age did I first hear CEO? And not only had you heard of it, you wanted to be one at age five. Uh <laughs> yeah, I, I'd watched how my um uh both of my grandfathers and, and my dad um uh you know had my so my grandfather on my dad's side, um, he built a, a plaza uh at a supermarket. And then, you know, like multiple supermarkets and stuff. And I watched the community impact that he had. Um, and it was just like so cool to have this 
thing that you know we had started and you know obviously like assembled like you know the bricks you know that came together and then the business and employing a lot of people and we did a lot of like uh you know uh, charitable and, and donations and stuff for the community and just the impact that he had and everyone knew him so he's like a local celebrity which was so cool um and then my grandfather on uh my mom's side had started a, an agri uh like an agriculture um distribution business and it was like the exact opposite where from on my dad's side that grandfather was like you know the work demanded a ton like it was just tons of hours like running a supermarket is just crazy hours and, and time and my dad ended up taking over too so i watched that firsthand um but the grant my grandfather on my mother's side um he had figured out a way to build a business that was like just him and like some contractors and vendors but i had the ability to like work from home and crazy amount of flexibility and like you know sold it and retired early and uh i kind of just had this vision for like how do i do both right and uh and that's what i wanted to be i wanted the flexibility um uh, but i i like the you know some level of control and i i most importantly just love the idea of the impact hey Listen, there's a lot of information online, but there aren't a lot of people who have actually done something. In my case, I've actually built a successful business that's accrued over $5 billion in assets under management and has done well even during trying times. Now, if you want to know exactly how I've done this, go to whiteellenwinning.com forward slash webinar now. I've compressed a decade of learning into five short weeks just for those of you who want to give yourself an incredible advantage and are tired of waiting and watching others move up. Yeah, and uh, uh, what skill sets were you developing uh, as you came up? Were you thinking of those terms or are you just trying to get as many, try as many different businesses, do as many different things? Uh, learn as much as you possibly could to put you in a position uh, to be successful like that. So I think I, I gravitated to math and I like speaking um, or like, you know, communication, you could say I got in trouble a lot in class for talking when I probably shouldn't have. Um, but uh, I think, you know, two skill sets, like one funda fundamental principle is just being able to sell, right? Um, and communicate people, but two, and the foundation to being able to sell is solving a problem um, and being able to problem solve, find a gap or a need, and meet it. And you know, and that's one of the reasons why I've, I gravitated to uh, to math was I love problem solving. And you know, whether it was you know vending candy and drinks and stuff like that at sports games, like the problem I was solving was people were here out in a field and hungry and um and there's no place to go there's no like outdoor vending machine so a little stand and selling uh concessions and stuff um solved that need and i had to be able to converse and, and sell people on uh you know whatever products i was selling them and also identify like the ones that people would want that i didn't have and need to make sure i come back to the next game with um and then math you know i love the algorithms and then i started to i think just gravitate to i love the idea that you could use mathematical equations to automate processes and i thought that was like just beautiful like streamlining and automating um things was you know this idea of machines and and software was was cool and that's you know kind of since then where i continue to gravitate today but all fundamentally rooted in problem solving well it obviously helps 
inform your decision-making uh, to move in the right direction as much as possible when you know where, where you want to end up and you having set your sail towards having your own thing, being your own company, uh, it probably wasn't an accident that you wound up. Uh, you know, I don't know that college in Massachusetts. Baxton? Baxton, B-A-B-S-O-N. Yeah, it's, it's small. I mean, it's like only 1,200 students. Um, okay, I don't, feel, was, I, think I don't feel so bad now. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's small. They definitely have a lot of prestige around um, entrepreneurship and are you know like globally ranked. Now, how'd you find? How'd you even find? You know, how'd you even? Did you go on a hunt, or had some uh, some of your family members been to Babson to where? Or did, were you out looking for the number one entrepreneurial school? How did you wind up there? So I started looking for the number one business school. So I was looking at you know like. Ivy Leagues, like Vanderbilt, like just Wharton. Um, I was looking at like those, you know, schools like that. And along the way, um, I was catching up with a buddy who happened to be on the tennis team with me. And he's like, oh, Enrico, where are you applying? And I was like, oh, I'm looking here. He's like, well, what are you looking for? Like, those are, those are, there's a very wide range in size and feel and location of those schools. Like, what, what's your, what do you care about? I told him, I just, wherever I go, uh, I just want to go to the number one place. Like, I just like, I'm a competitive person by nature. So I want to go the best. And he said, uh, well, that's your criteria. And I you know, told him best business school He's like, well, have you heard of Babson? They're number one in entrepreneurship. And then that was like the instant click. Like it was like, well, entrepreneurship is more aligned with what I really want to be versus call it like business because it's more broad, um, Set, not this like idea of like starting something and taking it from the ground up. Uh, and then I, you know, I went, did research, you know, went on campus and, uh, you know, I think shadowed a class and I applied early decision um, and, and went there. I applied uh, early action to like Bentley and uh, Bryant as well, uh, just because they were also local. Coming out of that, uh, because, you know, people, the idea of this is to talk about winning and lessons you've learned about winning by, you know, real world experience. But the, you know, people can't listen to this and they're, they're looking for what can I do? You know, what can I do that I'm missing and everything? Now, one thing they can't do probably for most people, it's too late to go and try and get into Babson. But the thing is, <laughs> the, uh, you could, they could, pick up the things that uh, you learned about how to think, how to problem solve, coming out of a school, what makes them number one in entrepreneurship? What would distinguish themselves and what, how, you know, what advantage did you get by going to that school? And did they, did they deliver on that promise? I talk about them uh quite a bit so um and i don't think i would i would do that if they they didn't deliver on it. i definitely owe a lot of my success to babson um predominantly because like the thing that distinguished them was uh they preach and practice this idea and concept of entrepreneurship and action and thought and action and so i found that like comparing my education to some of my buddies 
uh, a lot of their courses were taught by, you know, say like professors and academia, ac academics, um, and it was philosophy, philosophy and theory. Uh, and Babson was very much taught, a lot of my professors were like major lawyers um, that are like professors. They were like the head of marketing at, you know, Coca-Cola or something like that, that's now teaching the course. It was, you know, it, it was doers who had come back to teach. Um, and they also practice the same philosophy in terms of how they you learn. So it wasn't like theory and concept and case study and, and just, it was actually do. Like here's, you're gonna go and group up with some students. You're gonna put a pitch together. You're gonna pitch the professors in class on your pitch. The winning teams will, you know, kind of make it to the, the winning pitches will make it to the finals. And then depending on how you did in the finals, you get awarded between 500 and, you know, at the time, I think it was like $3,500 in cash to start the business that you pitched. And then you'd have to like wrangle and assemble the team, um, which were your, you know, students, and then get out there and start the business and generate revenue and money and, you know, manage expenses. And, you know, ideally at the end of the semester, uh, have generated, you know, multiples more than the money that went into the company. And all that money then went into like charity and, um, and other stuff. And you got to pick the charitable foundation that it went to. And so it was just like right out of the gate. And that was literally my freshman year, first semester. That was how it started. So you, know, you do that. And then, you know, I tried like, granted, I've had a couple of successes, but I've also incorporated, I think 13 other companies that are, you know, nothing to write home about. Um, and you know, but along the way, I was spending time with my law professor after class saying, can you help me with the contracts that I'm working on for um, my lighting company? I was spending time with my marketing professor around like messaging and like how we structure brochures or spending time with, you know, my, mac my macroeconomic professor on like the business model and like the managerial accounting behind it. So, you know, I think like the key honestly is find people who've been successful um and it's like you know gain their assistance in whatever way you can to learn from their mistakes because trust me i've made more mistakes than i think most people um to get to this point yeah and the quicker you can learn that the better yeah. uh uh because it takes uh a lot of moving parts to do anything great a lot of people involved and there's nobody knows everything and okay. so the quicker you get past this thing that it's uh, I've got to come up with with all the ideas, uh, the quicker you could move forward. If you enjoyed what you've heard and are dead serious about finding out for yourself exactly how this works in the real world, I've taken the most valuable business lessons I've learned over 40 years and put them into something for you to watch. Go to whiteellenwinning.com forward slash webinar now in order to move up as fast as possible. I'm Larry Wydell, and I run the Million Dollar Mastermind. Go, go, go.